Experience the best 24 hours of racing action and entertainment at the legendary Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. It's spring after dark on Ladbrokes Cox Plate Eve with a night of fun under lights headlined by the Ladbrokes Mooney Valley Gold Cup. Plus, ARIA award-winning DJ Will Sparks will keep the party going after the races. Then Saturday, it's a massive day of Group 1 racing headlined by Australia's best race, the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. Friday 27th and Saturday 28th of October. Tickets from just $30. Book now at coxplate.com.au. Welcome to RSN's Racing Pulse. Imperatrix is flying now as fur at the 50. Imperatrix has got her and raced on by Imperatrix by a leg. Future History had a kick in the locker. Future History lifts near the line and Future History's won at a half length first of all. Pride of Jenny a half length. Amelia's Jewel moves up on the outside. Takes Pride of Jenny. Is coming clear. Great pipe opener. Bring on the Cox Plate. Two legs, three legs. West wind blows and Sulcum. But it's all gold trip. Gold trip has bolted in the turn. The breaking racing news, the stories, opinion, the mail, and the people who make racing happen. Here's Michael Felgate. Good morning and welcome to Racing Pulse on this Monday, the 23rd of October. What a huge show we have for you this morning after a phenomenal Caulfield Cup on Saturday. It was one of the classic Caulfield Cups, a brutally run race, and the best horses, the form horses, stood up at the end. Uh, No excuses, really, for the beaten brigade, and there is a lot of news to come out of the Caulfield Cup. Post-race, a $50,000 fine and a suspension for Mark Zara, who claimed his second Caulfield Cup on Saturday, and now there is almost a semi-dilemma because his old mate... Gold trip, last year's Melbourne Cup runner uh, and winner that he partnered, finished a gallant third in the race. The owners are without a fight, want him to remain on without a fight in the Melbourne Cup, uh, but he has an emotional attachment to Gold Trip. We will speak to Mark Zara this morning on the program. Hopefully, he'll tell us which way he will be going. Also, does Gold Trip back up and run in the Cox Plate this Saturday? We'll be trackside tomorrow for breakfast with the best at Mooney Valley, where the final field will be announced and the barrier draw. And there are a lot of horses. The fallout from the Caulfield Cup, from a Melbourne Cup point of view, we'll discuss in depth. As I welcome in Maddie Stewart and Mick Sharkey. Gents, that was... A brilliant Caulfield Cup. We'd been building it up in the lead-up, and it certainly delivered on Saturday. How are we, gents? Yeah, very well, Michael. And Mick, uh, it just goes to show when you run at a proper gallop, you get a proper result. And it was fascinating, the comments from Michael Walker afterwards about how clean the race was. And Mm. Robert Montgomery told us yesterday on Sunday brunch that, yeah, it was as clean a race as you could possibly get and slightly lamented the fact that we don't run enough of them that way, you know. So, as you say at the start, there were no excuses, but there certainly was some shock for those horses in the race who didn't expect to be subjected to such a a, 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 a true tempo. So, uh, I just thought it was a great spectacle for that reason because we do bemoan, Shark, the lack of tempo in Victorian we races, do. but it was as as true a run race as I've seen for a long time. Yeah, and just a really exciting race too when West Wind blows. And you could see it from a while out. West Wind blows and without a fight, just starting to blend into the race around the corner and Gold Trip was right there with them and Sulcum was sort of tagging up after that slow start. So you knew it was going to be a good finish. 
We did see a few of them get the wanders up a little bit, that sort of 250, 300-metre mark, maybe as they were feeling the pinch. Um, Breakup sort of got a bit wayward. Westwind Blows wanted to, when he came off the corner, wanted to sort of lay in a little bit. But you're right, it was a really clean race. Every horse had their chance. Um, look, it was the highlight of what was a very, very enjoyable day at the races. That was, I know we talk a lot about Sydney getting the young audience and everything else. I reckon I covered nearly every part of the track on Saturday. That was a young crowd. That was as young a crowd as I've seen at the races. And people were engaged with the races. And it was an engaged crowd. I I probably had – I reckon I stopped and chatted to half a dozen people during the day who came up and just wanted to talk about racing. And I reckon I had 20 years on them, right, which puts them in that late teens, early 20s bracket. And they knew what was happening inside out. I spoke to one young guy – uh, in the members, he was there with some uh, mates. I sort of commandeered their table to watch a first starter at Evoca. He wants to be a horse trainer. He just mm. loves the sport. Mm. You know, how can who can I ring? Who who will give me time? You know, who can I do some work for? It really surprised me at the end of the day how many meaningful chats I had about racing on a major day where you think, oh, people are just here for the, the cans and the party. Well, it's it's almost like a rebuttal to the growing sense, you know, with the Melbourne Cup Parade issue and whatever the reasons were for that. And I know they're going to have uh, Riverside celebrations and so on, but all the talk about where racing's at. And I, I actually think the committed crowd, you know, the, the racing crowds that have been coming back, it's almost like a return serve to the theory that, um, you know, because I was, and I'm still yet to see how things will play out over Cup Week, but it's been pleasantly surprising to see the uptake. Yeah, in a way, because it does seem to me to be a, a bit of a return serve to the sentiment that you know everyone's drifted away. But well, I think they've come back as solid as they possibly can. Cup Week will be a different test altogether. But and the people you spoke to in that demographic, like that's, it's sort of quite encouraging. It's only a little tiny snapshot, but it's it's still encouraging. And and this is in the midst of a construction site. Mm. At Caulfield. You know, mm. we I arrived at the track, came in from the train station, we're walking along the fence to watch the first, trying to find a spot where the lawn is, and you've got that. You're kind of ushered into a laneway. It was difficult. Yeah, it was a little bit difficult. And a group of, um, not kids, but, you know, younger people walking through, and a girl said, oh, how do I get to this place? And I said, well, you can't because they're – she said, oh, it's different. I used to come with Dad when I was younger, and I haven't been for a few years sort of – explaining what's happening and said, oh, well, that'll be better because you can see the finish line. So she Mm. was engaged and hadn't Mm. been to the track for five or six years, she was saying, since she came with her dad. So people were sort of feeling their way through, actually making it work. But the best result, I think, and and it's probably worth touching on given we're talking about the demographic of of the race goers, the younger generation pin-up boy wins the main race. Like Sam Friedman, he's mm. their mm. he's their guy, isn't he? He's yeah, yeah. he's the person that this next generation can rally around. They'll follow his career. They'll be backing his win. What better day to win a main race? And the distracting sort of stuff, uh, you know, to try and generate the eighteen to thirty five. It it didn't it didn't sort of interfere with the the racing. And it was interesting. There was a an SMS that the the Gold Coast meeting yesterday. Uh, sorry, on Saturday, the corresponding <laughs> meeting. Just a lot of complaints up there. Here's a, here's a tweet to give you an example about when you overdo the the the, the um, music and all that sort of stuff in the nightclub feel, and you uh, and you forget about the races. I was at the Gold Coast Turf Club for the Caulfield Cup yesterday. Missed the, missed the first sixteen hundred meters of the call in the cup because the singer 
at the Gold Coast only pause for the local race. So they, the, the the entertainment roared straight mm. through the, the running of the Caulfield Cup. And so it's good to see that the actual venue of the Caulfield Cup knew what the, the main game was. Yeah, and the, the main tracks don't get it wrong too often, mm. do they? And there mm. was that precinct sort of at about, oh, let's call it 300-metre mark, where there were those tiered sort of bar setups. There was a, a stage. There was some music on after last. Uh, if you wanted that, you could go and find it. If you wanted to park up at a table in the members and just punt venue to venue to venue to venue and have a good time, you could do that too. If you wanted to be somewhere in between, there was a space for you. Yep. Like Caulfield, uh, they don't get it wrong very often, if at all. It was a, it's a good day at the races there. It's so accessible. It's just an enjoyable yeah. experience. Isn't it funny too how even a crowd who you wouldn't think are that analytical of the quality of the race... Whenever the whenever there's a good addition of a race, the crowd tends to respond, even if you don't think they're a crowd that directly takes much notice of... Well, they were two of the favoured runners fighting out the finish in what was a stirring finish. Well, to be honest, it was the three favoured runners. Sulkham was the other favourite, and if he didn't miss a start by six lengths, he probably fights out the finish in the top yeah, four. Yeah, well, I'm talking about... The, so they, yeah. they're engaged because they probably yeah. back the horses. They know the horses. It mm. wasn't a 100-to-one outsider. 25,000 people plus, mm. which is great, as you said, with a construction site at Caulfield and also um, the World Pool it actually eclipsed the Everest turnover so the World Pool betting from Hong Kong on the Caulfield Cup um, it'll get smashed I would imagine this upcoming week because of Romantic Warrior going around in the Cox Plate Mm -hmm. but they're they're promising signs from the overseas engagement and the interest in the in the main races as well. Isn't Question. it funny how the um, the disparity between the world pool odds of horses and the actual starting price? Like, because there's a completely different mindset with the world yeah. pool. Like, you look at Romantic Warrior this week, and the difference. It's actually interesting because. Uh, you get a more of a global feel for for, 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 for what they think in the race. So Question about the whirlpool. I don't know if you know this, Matty, or it might be something to discuss later in the week, but how does the whirlpool work in terms of um, take out? the POC, the takeout, who gets what? There how has, does it work? There has been a bit of discussion, guys like John Walter and so on on social media. To be honest, it's not my area of expertise at all, but there are discussions about um, the takeout. And yeah, that okay. it's it's not it's you know it's not all um, all good. Does Racing Vic get it? Do the clubs get it? Uh, uh, Andrew worth... Jones um, was I screenshotted this. Let me find it. Um, was doing some tweeting about this on Saturday after the races to give some clarity yeah. on this. So let me find it, and I'll be able to. Right. Um, I'll read out one from John Walter from yesterday that probably tells a little bit about it and he's a well-known jockey manager very sophisticated punter etc seeing many push seeing many push for a single national tote pool co-mingled with the world pool as a must um, this is what he's saying others are pushing for their takeout rates would be an absolute disaster for aussie punters would say approximately 80 to 90 percent of tote bets are currently placed with corporate bookmakers at best tote sp or similar that product is around 110% approximately and arguably the best product left that is available to most punters. One tote co-mingled would see that instantly gone and tote north of 120%, 121.6% takeout. Caulfield Cup win yesterday. Uh, to go to one national tote, we would need to take out to drop to 110%, etc., etc. So I think what he's saying is it's not about the size of the pool, it's about the size of the takeout. And the individual club is, well, I can't find this uh, thread, but um, 
Matt Welsh, who we'll get on later in the week, he can give more clarity. I'm not going to try and delve into areas that I'm only guessing in, but just the, the premise of what Andrew Jones was saying was that it, it more goes back to the individual clubs than it does Racing Victoria as a whole with okay. the increased takeover from the world pool. Uh, we're going to get um, Mark Zara to have a chat to us at some stage. He's doing jump outs as we speak, but he will definitely join us. A few SMSs. Um, morning, lads. Superb weekend of racing. What mm-hmm. do we do with Solcom? Do we trust he can turn it around on Cup Day? Or must we risk him now? I don't think there's any doubt. You've got to risk him. It's getting worse. And, he, and he's not just falling out. He, he, he walked refused. out. It was a refusal. He's, he's getting into Chautauqua. He Chautauqua it mm. for about three seconds. That's the problem. So do the stewards now talk to yeah. the stable and say, what's well, you happening had Mon- here? Robert Montgomery on Didn't ask him about Solcom. Because it does then pose the question, when we spoke to Chris Waller last Tuesday um, in the lead-up to Caulfield Cup Day, and we'll have a chat to Chris Waller tomorrow morning out at uh, Breakfast with the Best, and we can ask him again. I asked, are you doing anything to try and overcome his barrier antics? And he said, no, um, we're not concerned. And he said the, the least concerned was his former trainer over in the UK. He said, just let him be. Let him be himself. He's a quirky horse. But I don't think he can. It doesn't work here. I don't think he can let him be himself when you are missing a start in a Caulfield Cup by six lengths and he's one of the favourites. No, exactly. Um, was Chautauqua's um, remedial treatment because it was demanded or was because they chose... Remember they got the horse whisperer and all that was... Was it a steward's? T- I've just texted Rob Montgomery. No, they by did. The way, uh, he was mm. given um, warning after mm. warning. He had to. He was sent back to the barrier trials. Remember, he stood there yep. and he didn't jump out. We were covering barrier trials live with Chautauqua. Yeah, um, but, but was that was... a steward's directive or was it the connection? It was. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, well, I was it was. Texting to see if that's the same. With Actually, Solomon. let's just have a, a snapshot of the beaten brigade, and we'll talk about the winner um, when we have a chat to Mark Zara. But we've got the beaten jockeys as they were interviewed post-race for the Caulfield Cup. And there's going to be a big fallout from this race, I think, with a view to the Melbourne Cup. There might be a few that will no longer be heading in that direction. James McDonald, Francesco Guardi. He was back where, the, where all the eventual winners and, and place getters come from, and he made no inroads. Very disappointing. Karen McAvoy, Okeda Sushi. Yeah, he moved into a, you know, behind them around the corner. At the, at the 400, he was moving on into it nicely. Just leveled the last furlong, so I'd say he's just going to tighten up through fitness from that run. Jamie Carr, Valiant King. He was really good. He just needs a bigger track, and um, we got going, and then he had to stop for a few strides, and that just interrupted his, his run home. But, yeah, he, he ran really well, though. Jamie Spencer, West Wind Blows. Yeah, um... What can I say? He did everything right. Being a step slow away probably helped him because we were going fast fractions. Yeah. Won the battle, lost the war. Unfortunately, that's the worst he's ever left the gates. He's really slow out. But he's back with the first four home over the line. They just sprinted faster than we did today. Um, I'll talk about those in a moment because we've got Mark Zara now. But as we get Mark on the line, let's recap the final stages of his second Caulfield Cup victory on Without a Fight. Without a Fight and Gold Trip are running on. West Wind blows at the 200. Without a Fight runs on. Lays in on top of Gold Trip. West Wind blows 100 to go. Without a Fight coming at it. Without a Fight. West Wind blows. The hits in unison. Without a Fight. Without a Fight for the Caulfield Cup. Narrowly from West Another great call from Matt Hill, and what a roller coaster of emotions this week has been for Mark Zara with 
the gold trip situation and then uh, post-race he got into a little bit of hot water but at the end of the day he's got another Caulfield Cup sitting on the mantelpiece and he's now also got another big decision to make heading towards a Melbourne Cup. Mark, congratulations, a great ride, great win on Saturday. Cheers, Michael. Yeah, it was uh, happy the week was over and happy I won. You're a bit of a headline thief at the moment, aren't you, Mark? As, as Felgate just described, every little twist and turn of a story this week, it's Mzara has been the central figure. Yeah, don't like that. I like to hide in the uh, background. That's not my go. <laughs> Did you have a giggle when uh, 100 metres after the start, you lobbed it up next to you? Was Ben Mellon a cold trip? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, he was three wide and I was one off at that stage. And I, was, I looked at it, there was no one to my inside. I thought... I, Two options were, I'd, I'd rather not let him in because I don't want him to win, but also he can't be having two, two or tough runs. <laughs> Any chit-chat? <laughs> Any chit-chat with nah. Malum in the run? Nah, not, not in a race like that. There's no chit-chat. But the speed was the speed was so good, I was more than happy to go to him. Hey, Mark McSharkey here. I was talking to Brad Taylor yesterday. He sort of filled me in a bit on, I guess, the what had gone wrong, for lack of a better term, as far as without a, a fight's preparation had been concerned, you know, a, an off-blood picture, a missed gallop, you know, a missed jump out. How dialed in to those hiccups were you in the lead-up to, to the Caulfield Cup? Uh, I wasn't dialed, dialed in at all. I think that was on purpose. <laughs> I had a decision to make, so I was kept real, right in the dark about all that, and I'm glad I was because <laughs> if I knew, I might have made a different decision. But... Um, uh, all's well that ends well, I guess. It's remarkable, isn't it, when you, you know, afterwards, you, I guess you learn of what had been going on behind the scenes and, and the amount of work to, to get the horse to the race as a starting point. Some sort of performance with that in mind. Yeah, that's right. And, and I was wanting, I kept wanting to go and jump on him. I was like, is, is he ready for a gallop or the jump out? And like, oh, no, he's just doing this. He's just doing that. <laughs> and, uh, they were hiding him from me. But... Um, yeah, it was a huge, huge training effort to, you know, to not have another run after the Underwood, which is, you know, that's not not a normal preparation. But you find with those um, international horses, they just, they've got such a tank on them, like just from when they're younger, that that you're able to do that, and they they timed it to perfection. Yeah, good good training effort, but a great effort from the horse, and mm. it makes you think, gee, what, what what could he bounce off this, given the, you know, the restricted campaign he'd had, Mark, and he only came in second up. You, you wonder whether he might just really bounce now into the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, that's right. You think, like you say, only second up. You, you've got to think. Um, it, it, it was a tough race. So I'd be interested to to see how how he pulled up from it for sure, but. Um, You'd think, I know there's question marks over two mile, but I think he's a complete different horse now. I think you can put a, a line through whatever he's done before this probably last prep. I reckon you put a line line through it and look at him as a new horse because he used to race on speed and had no turn of foot. Now he, he's riding quiet and he's switching off and he's like, he was strong. He was stronger than any other horse at the end of that race the other day. Well, you're the most popular bloke at the party uh you've got invitations everywhere have you <laughs> have you locked yourself in the gold trip um for the melbourne cup or are you keeping your options open with without a fight because they just quickly they seem almost equal choices don't they mark there's not much between them it's it, tough decision to make because there's there's so little between them yeah it's going to be a very tough decision I've, I've made i've made no decision yet um so i'm just uh I guess I'll be looking to hold off as long as I can, but um, yeah, I haven't decided yet. Uh, obviously, it's a. I was talking to some other people the other day, a few of the other boys, and like, because I, 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 of my weight, I could go like a few years of not even having a ride or having very limited options. Here's my luck. I'm, I've got 
two of the first and second favourites in the race. I've got to pick which one. So it's a great problem to have, but it is a problem. Um, yeah, I haven't worked it out yet. Uh, I'll just, over the next few days, I'll try and um, sort through them both and see which one suits better. You've got two horses in, obviously, extreme form at the moment. One's been to the two miles and has won. The other one hasn't, but you'd think he'd probably get it. How much weight will... Well, pardon the pun, like a penalty for without a fight come into the picture of the decision? You know, will you look at it, we assume he, he may get a penalty, but you, oh, he'll will, get you, a penalty. will you look at that, contemplate that and think, mm, maybe he's maybe he's just getting a bit far up now and alternatively, you're, uh, conversely rather, you've got the top weight you know, <laughs> on the other side of the fence, so it's not going to be an easy score for him. And a Cox Plate on the way through potentially. Yeah. Too. Yeah, for sure. That That's one thing I'm, that's, a, that's the first thing I'm waiting on is to see what the handicapper, uh, how nice or how harsh he wants to be on without a fight. So see what he does first. But um, yeah, they're going to be saddlecloths number one and two, you think. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. Is it like you say? It's, it's a very tough decision. They're both very good horses. I think they've both obviously won through the two mile. I think that uh, without a fight, we'll get two mile. Um, one handles wet tracks, one doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a bit to there's a bit to work through. I have to hire a weatherman see if he can give me a thirty day or how long we got. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. You probably uh, go opposite. <laughs> um, tomorrow, are we going to see him accepted in a Cox Plate Gold Trip? Uh, from all reports, he's pulled up well. Have you spoken to the camp? Uh, I haven't yet. I'm, I'm a, I've got a trial for him about three trials. So I'm going to walk over to the the barn. I don't know if his gold trip's there or not. I might go and say hello to him, see how he's going. Apologise for the weekend and uh, see Kieran and um, yeah, see what he's thinking. Would you like to see him back up in in the Cox Plate? Um, I, of course I would because I I love to ride the horse in it, but um, I'd only want to you know I, I don't I only want to see him back up if he's if he's pulled up great and, and they think he's right to go and and run well. It was a brutally run Caulfield Cup, but the the main victims of that were those who were up on the speed and faded out of it. Did it, just thinking about Gold Trip and without a fight, but Gold Trip going onto a Cox Plate. Would would you imagine he had a tough run in the Caulfield Cup because it was a tough run race, or were you and without a fight and Gold Trip and and West Wind blows almost the ones who got the cheaper runs in the race off the back of the hot speed, and and maybe they might come out of it reasonably well. I mean, no doubt we got. I don't know if you'd say cheaper runs, but we definitely had better runs. But I think every horse in that race had a tough run. I reckon that was a, uh, it was from the get-go. It was like normally in the Caulfield Cup, they'll go quick to the first bend and then they'll stack up and then they might quicken and slow. It's a little bit always stop-startish where it was on from the minute we jumped out the gates on, on Saturday. Like it, it was relentless, the pressure. So I think every horse is going to have a tough run. It's just whether, you know, some horses can back up better than others and... He seems a horse that really always pulls up very good after his run, so I'm hoping that's the case. Mark, were you shocked at the $50,000 fine and the suspension, or were you expecting that? Um, I was a bit shocked. I mean, I know the template and all that. I obviously knew I'd get a fine, but, um, yeah, I thought it was a bit much. After the tax man, my manager, I'm going to have to melt down the cup itself to get the money out of the way. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> I think it was a bit harsh. Um Anyway, I got to speak to a few people today about whether an appeal is um, warranted or not. When you're in the heat of the moment of a big race and it's a tight finish, does it enter your mind that I might be breaching the whip rules here? Do you do you can you feel it? Do you know? Not at all. Like, and I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch the replay straight away. Obviously, with the presentation and that, but I just seen a bit, and I know that I didn't hit him. The last fifty, I never hit him, so I'd seen that and. And I remember once, because I, I thought I had the better of the other horse, I reckon probably 75 out, and so I stopped hitting him. 
So that that was in my mind, and I just I couldn't remember what happened prior to that. So yeah, I was surprised, but not in a race like that, you wouldn't like it'd be the last thing on your mind to be counting strikes. Well, mate, um, we'll wait to see what happens there, and we'll wait to see what happens with Gold Trip. Uh, Read the Cox Plate. We'll probably see you out at Mooney Valley in the morning, breakfast with the best, and hopefully we'll get some more clarity there. But in the meantime, two Caulfield Cups, a Melbourne Cup. It's been a phenomenal couple of years. Well done on the weekend. Cheers. Thanks, Long. Thanks, fellas. Mark Zara joining us there. Uh, boys, we'll dissect it and talk about the Beaten Brigade as well as what you think will happen, where Gold Trip should run. Daniel O'Sullivan's going to join us as well after 9 o'clock from that ratings perspective because, as we said, it was, I think, just a, a tick outside the track record of Diatribe back in 2000 when it was a really firm track. Mm. The time they ran. We'll see how this cup compares to recent ones and how it rates as well. Uh, plenty of SMSs coming through. Make sure you join us at 0416905052. Plenty more to come on this Caulfield Cup edition of The Verdict. Placing their opinion on the line, it's The Verdict. Welcome back to The Verdict. We've got plenty to discuss. And at the start of the program, we were touching on the fact that the Caulfield Cup turnover on the World Pool actually eclipsed the turnover on the Everest. Uh, What does that mean for the MRC? What does it mean for Racing Victoria? Andrew Jones, the boss, was just walking past the studio here and we thought we'd get him in to give us some clarity. Andrew, good to see you. G'day, great to see you guys, and what a good day's racing on Saturday. It was phenomenal. I'm pretty sure everyone here at RV would be very happy with uh, the crowd, the engagement, and the race itself, which was just outstanding. And and by the reports we've seen, the betting turnover as well. What does this mean, such a big amount of money that was uh, wagered on the Caulfield Cup from the World Pool point of view? Well, it means there's great international interest in Australian racing and um, and uh, on this occasion Victorian racing which is fantastic for the industry and fantastic for the clubs in particular the host club gets most of the revenue benefit from the world pool um, and so it's an extra um, six or seven figures in their skyrocket which is great. Okay, RV does it get anything or is it all club um, based finance. For the international wagering through the world pool, that's largely goes to clubs. There are some deductions for costs. Um, RV manages it, um, but the the clubs get the revenue. Does that benefit RV in an indirect way, where um, because they are getting greater revenue, then there's a less of an imposition on RV to the club in other ways as well, given they get a different income stream. Yeah, that's right. Look, our job is to maximise industry revenue or, or net industry revenue so if it comes to us or comes to the clubs it, it doesn't worry us particularly um, so it's about getting those trade-offs right and, and you have that with international versus domestic wagering you have it uh, with media rights revenue versus wagering revenue you have it with wagering revenue versus um, uh, live revenue if you like F&B and ticket sales and membership and so forth so it's our job to make sure the industry is, is uh, as wealthy as possible so it can reinvest. Just more broadly we're probably halfway through the spring carnival we've got all the big stuff still to come with the cox plate and cup week and then the lingering uh, zipping and, and so on as well how are you how are you reading the carnival so far the crowds have been really good and really um demographically good for you guys mm. um how are you reading the play so far this spring we're really pleased. We think the quality of the racing's been really high. As you guys know, we made some changes to the sequencing, which we're happy with. We've thought Memsey into Turn, uh, into um, Underwood, into Turnbull, into these the three majors has worked really well with really strong fields and, and high quality. Obviously, RV and the clubs have done a really good job um, 
recruiting internationals this year. I think the internationals have done a really good job navigating the protocols and getting screened early, so that's been much smoother, touch wood, so far this year. Is the hysteria over of the reaction internationally to the onerous, um, you know, veterinary requirements. You think there's now a bit of rhythm to, to the to the internationals? I, I ventured that opinion about 10 minutes ago to my head of integrity and said, wait two weeks before you make <laughs> bold statements. So I'll wait, wait a couple of weeks. But I think um, people understand that uh, these are world-leading safety protocols. They also understand that they're necessary to protect the um, uh, image, well, protect the horses firstly and then protect the image and therefore the um, economic health of the sport long term. So, um, like all things, there's a change process, but um, largely the protocols have been embraced. Andrew, appreciate your time. Uh, you can go back to your coffee now, and uh, we'll speak to you throughout the week. It's uh, another massive week, the build-up to the Cox Plate, of course, with the breakfast with the best tomorrow and the barrier draw as well. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. Thank Andrew you, Jones, Andrew. the CEO there. So there's some clarity for you. So the clubs mm. are the ones that are gaining the most advantage, and I think Mooney Valley's in for an absolutely huge oh, yeah. payday with Romantic <laughs> Warrior come this Saturday with the World Absolutely, Pool. Absolutely, given what happened in the Turnbull. I wonder oh. what the World Pool price for Romantic Warrior will be. He was about $1.40 or something in the and, and this is where Gold Trip paid thirty bucks. Yeah. And I think it was about sixteen or seventeen. You'd, so you'd be betting on the. There, there is an SMS play. here though. Someone said the Whirlpool can go and get stuffed. I back West Wind blows um, the place, and it paid a dollar forty, or, or and it Saw paid two dollars sixty on fix. So you've got to be discerning. Read the, read the play. You've got to no. be discerning as a punter, though, don't you? Mm. To go well, there's no way in the world you would want to back Romantic Warrior on the tote come Saturday. Fixed well, you can price, see it playing he will out. be better, yeah. but you're going to get inflated prices yeah, for the, the majority of the rest of the field. Well, well I, I, what, what will he be, Romani? Will he be even money on the on the world pool? Probably, maybe shorter. Yeah. Who knows? But I, I don't know. I really liked that little side note of Romantic Warriors world pool price in the Turnbull. It just shows you how uh, how much parochialism there is. Yeah, and how mm. they get behind these horses mm. in, in Hong Kong and other Asian nations. Like these things are their superstars. They're their heroes. They're their pin-up boys and girls, or mainly boys, Hong Kong racing. But yeah, they, they just mm. get behind them and support them. It's I reckon it's really cool. He was at the Valley this morning, Romantic Warrior, so he won't be there tomorrow morning. We'll play a grab a little later with J-Mac when yeah, we start to talk about, about that work. the Cox Plate. He is uh, very, very buoyant about how he's going after that run in the Turnbull Stakes. Uh, before we have a chat to Daniel O'Sullivan, Sharky, uh, just a, a couple of words on the Beaten Brigade. West Wind Blows was outstanding. Oh, so it good. was a great ride from Jamie Spencer. Uh, the horse was a little slow, which was my fear, but the way the race was run, it suited him beautifully. Yeah. Um, he was trapped. Without a fight, West Wind blows gold trip from about the 800. <laughs> yeah. You're like, one of these are going to win. Absolutely. Because they were all travelling so oh, amazingly The Japanese well. horse was threatening to surge as well, but he never did. He needed that run. Disappointing Des in the oh, run home? I don't, don't think so. I think he desperately needed that run. Remember, this is not... A conversation was had a few times on, on the weekend at the track. You've got to forget about... Murder Glass and Ligrasher and those horses that jumped off the plane and just went wallop. This horse hasn't had the luxury of the Northern Farm Pre-Training Centre. Where it was quarantined in Japan, you couldn't work it. So it, it hasn't got here mm. ready to go. So you could back him to beat without a fight or gold trip in a Melbourne Cup? It was two weeks till then. Like, he's He's got to put in... That run will help him no end because it's been a really tough gallop and he's been near enough to it. He loomed up and then probably just emptied out a bit for fitness. But he's going to have to do some more work again to be ready for the Melbourne Cup. 
Is it surprising that the West wind blows people have sacrificed the Melbourne Cup with the two I runs? I don't think they think he can run 32 yeah, runs. Yeah, I, I think He's a 2,000 to 2,400 metre horse. In the context of this year's Melbourne Cup with the way he ran in the Caulfield Cup, you would... You would not wouldn't doubt he would be competitive in the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, he oh. could probably. He's got a three million dollar champions yeah, race yeah. that's at his mercy, and he's the one, isn't yeah. he? You know, let them go and beat each other up in a cross, in a cross play. plate. And he's he, got that extra week exactly. on them to recover, back to a big track. You know, he's going to be on speed. He's going to find and and fight. Like, he just fights that horse. He's super tough. Yeah, it's a mm. take. And, Take that option. Great training performance from Sam and Ed, and it, oh. and it's brilliant. Uh, Sam and Anthony, it's brilliant to see the incredible um, training, the Friedman name back on the um, honor roll of the Caulfield Cup. And it's, it's it, the race that has most, you know, recurred in their mm. story. The, the and and for Sam, you know, a young mm. trainer now doing it with his dad. Um, what they've done with the horse since they took over the training, he's been outstanding. But let's not forget. Without a fight, was trained by Simon and Ed Crisford. So they've essentially had the two horses in their care that have run 1-2 mm. in the Caulfield Cup in the last 18 months. So it would have been a, a bittersweet moment for Ed on Saturday, who's great mates with Sam as well. Absolutely. You think of the Freemans in Caulfield Cups like Mannerism, the controversy of Viander Cross, uh, Paris Lane was a, an amazing story at the time, um, and then the Mummify... Um, you know, tragedy and triumph, uh, uh, and and the, the it always coincides with backstories of the Freedmans. When Mama Fire won in two thousand and three, the Freedmans were going shocking. Mm. They could not get a winner. They were at Caulfield, and it happened at exactly the right time. And then then there was a little bit of a flurry from the stable after that. So it's it's an amazing race in the context of the Freedmans. Uh, Gold Trip. Do you? Was was, just, did you see the way he trucked into that race? No. I thought he's the winner on the point he, of the turn. This horse, I think the weight absolutely airborne. Will that help gonna, or hinder him from a Cox Plate point of view? Is what I was going to ask. Is it? Is it? Does it? If he hadn't have run in the Caulfield Cup, would you be more keen on him in the Cox Plate? If, presuming he runs in the Cox Plate, or off the back of that run, do you think it might knock the edge off him as a as a proper Cox Plate chance? He's going that well. I don't know if it if it really matters. Like, did you think he'd win the Turnbull the way he won it? I, he, I, I think he's just in that. Was it a super... was it a great Melbourne Cup trial? He's running the Caulfield Cup, or was it a run that says he can still win the Cox? Well, Plate? the Melbourne Cup's a totally different situation because it's back to the handicap, you know, and and the handicap probably beat him on Saturday. To be fair, like he blended into the race as well as anything. Two horses with less weight have gone past him and been able to um, maintain that advantage. So he gave three kilos to without a fight. That'll trim up. Uh, we'll await to see what the penalty is from Dave. Hagen today, maybe, could he get a kilo or maybe half a kilo, you'd imagine? You'd reckon half, if, wouldn't if you? If he accepts for the Cox Plate, will you back Gold Trip? If it's wet, yes. If not... Well, it's not going to be wet. No. I, I. You don't think he'd win a Cox Plate on well, a dry track well, given how well he's going on top of the ground? The last two runs were on top of the ground. Yeah, but I, I think over 2,000 metres, and I know he gets around the valley, they all say he gets around well, and I had a look at that replay and he was... It was a terrible, terrible ride in the Cox Plate last year. He was very unlucky. Um, I want to back him in a Melbourne Cup. That's what I'm thinking. I don't want to necessarily back him in the Cox Plate now, even if he runs in the Cox Plate, because he's had that big run in the Caulfield Cup. I'm not sure how many historically, I, I, you know, northerly, but I don't know, you know whether you can come Sharky off was in love with Militarise. He's going to be giving Militarise his 10 kilos in, and I know it's not a handicap, but it's still weight yeah, it's to weight. the three-year-olds. So then come Melbourne Cup Day, but put it this way, is Willie Mullins and Richie Rich sitting there watching, uh, Rich Richie rather, Richie Rich, <laughs> um, 
Are they sitting there watching that Caulfield Cup thinking, ooh, we're scared of any of these boys? If I'm militarised, militarize, I'm thinking there's no way Gold Trip can beat me in a cox plate because I've got 10 kilos, I'm fleet-footed, I'm you, a three-year-old. they'd probably try and be... They, they're going to use that weight, you would think. If, if they go back on militarise and try yeah. and... It's... Three-year-olds just go forward in cox plates, don't they? Yeah, yeah I don't be, think Gold Trip could beat him in a cox plate. Uh, it's going to be a better quality race, the Cox Plate, than the Caulfield Cup from a weight for age point of view. They, these are uh, a really Caulfield good... Caulfield Cup will be a better race. Side, these fangirls from right. out of nowhere. It's almost the most enjoyable part of the spring, isn't it? Like that Caulfield Cup was so deep and there were so many chances. It didn't matter what you liked on the weekend. You couldn't knock somebody for having an opinion in that race um, outside of, you know, going down Ruffy Street. But... The Cox Plate's the same. It is. Listening to the run-through of the, the market this morning, what, $4 Romantic Warrior, and there's about six of them, six or seven of them mm. in single figures. It's just to, to try and work out who is going to win, if you like doing form, is an absolute just... I mean, you've got pinstriped Mind melt. A, a but that's the $35 um, shot. And Zaki's 30 to 1 Zaki, he's a great horse. You know? Yeah, that's more of a... Yeah. Um... I think it's, it's a great year for oh, three-year-olds. Such a I think cool that's, race coming up. I think it's a good opportunity. Barriers tomorrow will, will play a, a big role, obviously. It, every few it? years you get one where... Because I'm not... I don't think it's epic. I think it was an epic Caulfield Cup. I think this is a great opportunity for a three-year-old. But super even, would, though. Super, super even. Yeah, but without any of them being, you know... You know, you know that wow peak of their year, of their career type Maybe. thing. Maybe. So. Just on uh, to wrap out the Caulfield Cup before we move to Daniel O'Sullivan. Um, the attrition for the Melbourne Cup is going to be big out of this race, I think. Emissary, unfortunately, there is something wrong. That's twice now yeah. post race the jockeys right. have said not right, so he won't be going around. Francesco Guardi was atrocious. There must be something wrong there. James McDonald was on this morning with Andrew Bensley and said they're going to do lots of tests. That wasn't the Francesco Guardi we know. So there's got to be a huge question mark about him. Goldman, you wouldn't take him to a Melbourne Cup off that. Fame, wouldn't, take him to a Fame wouldn't be going to a Melbourne Cup. <laughs> Spirit Ridge wouldn't be going to a Melbourne Cup. <laughs> oh, what do you make of Akita Sushi? No. No? Um, who Your Mal, just fair... United. He did. He was up there on that. Yeah. I backed Hu Yamal. He was Hu Yamal was speed. trying. That yeah. horse has a win in But he's not good enough to win a, a Melbourne Cup. No, no, no. Probably but there'll, there'll be something there for mm. him. Mm. I think he's going to turn up in a Group 3 race somewhere, Hu Yamal, and he'll he'll mm. win it over a mile and a half. He's, he's actually going Every, well. I keep thinking of Zipping Classic with horses I, looking. I thought the run of Valiant King was actually really good. He, I reckon he was just too close on that hot speed. Yeah, you're probably right. But man. I don't think he will progress to the Melbourne Cup because he's just no, he a won't. young Northern Hemisphere three-year-old. Yeah, he's the, he's their Sulcombe, I guess you'd say, for next year, isn't he? It's a, it's a long-term play with Valiant King. And, yeah, if you compare Valiant King and West Wind Blows drawn next to each other, West Wind Blows, that touch slow, Valiant King begins with them. You know, Valiant King comes out with Western Blows and settles midfield, maybe hits the line with a bit more vigour than he did tracking up on that tempo. Uh, question for the panel. I backed West Wind Blows. Is it fair I feel aggrieved that without a fight holds the win and Zara is fined and suspended for the ride given the margin was so close? I was curious to know, and we put this to Rob Montgomery yesterday, I can't quite remember exactly how he gave us the answer, but had the margin been three inches 
the other closer like how well previously every time we put this to the stewards they have said we cannot quantify excessive whip strikes yeah. and the margin it equals therefore we will never have a protest that we lodge and we will most likely never uphold a protest mm. um a dead heat is a different story and they did uphold a dead heat when there was excessive whip but but with dead heat they're quantifying a margin because they're saying there is a margin that detaches one from the other they are quantifying a margin with the dead heat because they're separating them mm. with the result so but they can't say how much it is so is it an inch is it a centimeter is it uh, half a head is it you know they 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 say we can't do that until they do you know until they decide they can you know they can always just change their mindset and say you know what we don't we don't care anymore but if you we can't, can't remember his answer yesterday <laughs> to the question we, you asked we can't <laughs> um oh now you've <laughs> anyway, um, there's I, a few I other just, SMSs. Yeah. Uh, Breakup will love Big Flemington. I'm with you, Sharky. Um, Matt, the Cox Plate's more likely for front runners. Gold Trip will have work to do, which may undo him for a Melbourne Cup. Every time you get a three on the Cox Plate, they just hovercraft with no weight up on the speed. And that's why I think Gold Trip's got his work cut out now off, off the back of the Caulfield Cup where he put it all down on the day on a harsh run race. How's he going to let Militarise float around with 10 kilos less and, and have the acceleration to pick him up, you know? Uh, surely Zara rides Gold Trip in the Cup for the fairy tale, And then Ollie can ride the Freedman's uh, runner in his <laughs> final first Melbourne Cup. Well, that'd be a nice bit of poetry. Yeah. I think Ben Mellon you know might have to say there. You know the thing that... We should be really talking about which this horse has slid so far under the discussion radar, and he is the second favourite for the Cox Plate. What do we make of this Victoria Road? Are we we're talking all around him? We're not talking about him. Like I, to be honest, I don't know a hell of a lot about him. He's he's off, but this is the third favourite for the Cox Plate. What 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 do we know about him? What does he do? What's his style? Who does he compare to? Is he another Adelaide? Is he completely different? Is he just going to come out and wallop us? Is yeah, he like I, Ben Battle? I think he's been rated better than Adelaide at the comparable yeah. stage of their career over there. I, I had a chat to Isaac here about him on Thursday last week, I think it was, and um, it's going well. We'll find out a little bit more as the week unfolds as regards to where he, I suppose, lands, but... I think he was 100 to 1. Uh, then Aussie Keir bought him. He was into 20 to 1. Now he's into $11. The internationals always keep firming the closer you get to the race. Yeah, and it's getting a bit... I met one of his part owners. Talk about part owning horses, right? This guy stopped me and said, do you like Victoria Road at all? I said, oh, you have to have a chance. He said, well, I own one-sixth of 2%. <laughs> How is that? It's almost you're you're almost into uh, you almost own as much as he does. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> but and he, it doesn't but matter. He was that excited about yeah, it. He said, oh, I don't know. I just I like the horse and I think he can win. And what, what, what I'm saying and, is, I'm expecting from, what you can afford. I'm expecting from now onwards to be seeing on racing broadcasting channels a hell of a lot of Victoria Road. His replays, his everything. Well, you know? he got beaten seven lengths by Ace Impact, finishing second last behind him two starts ago. That'll win this Cox Plate. And he got beaten... Seven lengths to Ace Impact yeah, would win then, this Cox Plate. But then his next start, he got beaten by Buckaroo, who ran... It was a good run, though. That was a good run. The Buckaroo so, run was anyway, a Anyway, hey, let's have a chat that. to Daniel O'Sullivan, who can give us some perspective on how good this Caulfield Cup was on Saturday and what's it mean moving forward. Daniel, I appreciate your time once again uh, to get your expert ratings opinion. It looked to everyone who watched on Saturday that it was one of the best Caulfield Cups we've seen in recent years. Do your figures stack up? Oh, look, I, I think, Michael, it was a great race and it was run, as you mentioned earlier, at a, at a brutal early speed. They, they don't go much faster than uh, what they did there on Saturday in the Caulfield Cup and that set up an extremely fast 
uh, time rating, which doesn't necessarily directly correlate to, to the quality of race because you have to look at how fast previous editions of the race were, were run early. But look, on my figures, at the weights, uh, the race was almost identical to Very Elegant and Murder Glass. Um, at, at weight for age 104.7, which is a sizable new peak for without a fight, um, incentivise is, is still the benchmark of recent Caulfield Cup winners, about three lengths stronger than then uh, without a fight, murder glass and very elegant. So, yeah, that's where I'd sort of pitch the race. Um, very, very good edition of the Caulfield Cup. Um, yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see the form that come out of it. I think that form, especially for the first two, is going to hold up well in Melbourne Cup. Daniel, Mick Sharkey. So, obviously, without a fight's gone to a new level. Uh, yeah. West Wind Blows has run really well. It's a high-rating race. Looking at others that are back down the field, because they're not all going to go on to Group 1 targets. They're not all going to end up in the Cup or a Cox Plate or something like that. When you're looking at a race like this and trying to throw forward where horses go, do they all automatically just get an extra tick from you when they bob up in a Group 2 or a Group 3? Or is the does it not translate back through the field the further, you, further down you go? Oh, look, it just, it just comes back to the, the quality of performance and the ratings uh, mix. So you've got the rating number in itself. And then, of course, um, as, a, as a form analyst, you'd know you're sort of adding context then in mm. terms of how well suited the horse was, you know, like in running track pattern, things like that, how the horse is finishing off, how it reacted when it was placed under pressure, you know, all of those things. So, look, I think uh, Gold Trip actually rated similarly to his Turnbull run, just a shade below. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he, he was still quite solid in, in a very, very fast run race. Um, but then, look, you've got a, a big gap to the next um, lot of horses um, who were also, you know, very, very low down in the weight. So most of them have just rated sort of somewhere around their, their sort of recent form. In the case of Sulcum, sort of below. Um, Valent King was, was well below his overseas best. But again, he was handy to, to that brutal speed. You couldn't have expected much more from him. Um, so, yeah, I think outside of the, the top three and, and perhaps making excuses for, for a horse like Valiant King and Sulcum, I think it's, um, yeah, the, the race doesn't necessarily enhance the reputation of any of the others. Mm. More from a recovery point of view and a next run point of view than the rating. Uh, thinking about Gold Trip going to a Cox Plate now off the back of a brutally run race where he and the other place getters were sort of uh, the beneficiaries of it, but they were still part of that race and it was brutally run. What's your, how do you sort of assess these things when you work out how he'll go next start? Say, say if Gold Trip lines up in a Cox Plate, what's your impression of, of, of the run he had in the Caulfield Cup as a setup for the Cox Plate? Oh, look, Matt, my, my theory with all of these things, I mean, there's different theories floating around about hard runs and, and horses not recovering and how long they need and things like that. My, my personal position in terms of form and especially punting is you just back to stable. I mean, if a stable lines him up, you have to assume that that uh, he's recovered. I mean, these days, stables are so sophisticated, especially the big camps. They've got all the data and all the information to compare from previous runs. Um, recovery, you know, blood levels, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, we can we can theorise about, you know, if the horse lines up in the Cox Plate and, and let's say runs poorly, everyone will immediately put it down to a tough run in a Caulfield Cup. But, look, there can be any number of reasons why a horse performs below expectations on a given day. So, yeah, I, I try not to, to guess about those things or form theories that I really don't have any basis for. Um, yeah, if a stable line, if a stable's happy to start them, especially a top stable, then then I just assume that they're ready to go. Have you got a feel for the Cox Plate yet? The overall race, uh, what pr- opportunity it may present for, say, a three-year-old, 
you know, against the ratings of the of his older rivals and and this Victoria Road, who's been kind of under discussed a bit, but mm. I'm assuming the next four or five days we'll learn a lot more about Victoria Road. Yeah, look, I think this year's Cox Plate is going to be a cracker. I mean, it may not a pre-race be, be, you know, the highest rating sort of we're going to go in with Cox Plate, but it's incredibly even with with so many potential winners and lots of angles around three-year-olds, as you mentioned, and and so on. Um, you know, Alligator Blood stamped himself at 2,000 metres to put himself right back in the picture. Um, Fangirl's coming off a monster win in Sydney. Uh, Mr. Brightside, you know, probably a below-par run by his normal standards, which which sort of brings him back a little bit. So, yeah, it looks a, a fascinating race to, to work out. Uh, I think Victoria Road, on, on the best of his overseas form at the moment, is, is around two to three lengths off what would typically be required to, to win a Cox Plate. Um, but, yeah, look, the, the record of that stable um, of, of bringing horses here to, to perform in the big races is, is excellent. So, yeah, you, you certainly couldn't rule him out. But, yeah, I think he definitely needs to, to take another step. Um, yeah, the three-year-olds are right there, uh, especially Militarise, who was very, very good in, in the Caulfield Guineas, given the shape of the race and also given that horse's sort of you know, unique individual sort of preferences when he tends to produce his best performances. I think he's a horse that's going to uh, relish both 2,000 metres and, and the pressure of being in a better race, like a, like a Cox play. Um, yeah, Gold Trip's obviously there, Alligator Blood, Romantic Warrior, by all reports, has, has really bounced out of his Turnbull run, and, and we know that he can go better than we saw there. So, yeah, look, I think it's going to be a fascinating race and, and perhaps one of the more interesting Cox plates in, in recent years. Just a, an SMS from a listener here. Out of the Caulfield Cup on Saturday, does that, um, with the performances of the internationals we've seen so far, and I suppose there's a little bit of a, a line through the run of Valiant King, does it make you more confident about uh, Vorban heading to the Melbourne Cup? Um, I don't necessarily know whether it makes you more confident about Vorban. Um, look, Valiant King you know, was beaten five lengths, um, you know, right, right down in the weight. So uh, Vorban's, I, I think, rightful favourite for the Melbourne Cup, especially with the record of, of internationals, and, and he's got the right profile. But I w- it wouldn't necessarily um, take it as, as sort of giving any more confidence, no. Uh, anything else from the meeting that caught your eye from a ratings point of view? Oh, look, not really. I think uh, outside of the, the Caulfield Cup, it was... Um, yeah, there, there were still some good performances, but we didn't see anything you know, above the 100 rating level, for, mm. for example. Um, I, I thought, um, yeah, I thought uh, Wrote to uh, Arataki was, was quite good. Yeah, winning uh, winning that race. Um, Covalent was, was sort of solid. But look, generally speaking, I think this year in, in a lot of areas, the, the sort of quality has been just a shade below you know, what we typically might, uh, might see, but I'm sure that's going to start ramping up soon. Um, but certainly for some of the highlight races, like the Caulfield Cup on Saturday, it was uh, yeah, a terrific race, you know, good quality, right on par with, with some of the other previous um, well-deserved winners of the race. And as I said, I really think that Caulfield Cup can shape up as, as the right re- or one of the right references mm. for the Melbourne Cup, especially for the top two. Um, I don't think... Uh, on the way I look at things and, and just looking deeper into some figures today, I think without a fight, um, there's absolutely no reason to knock that horse at 3,200, um, the same as the second horse. Yeah. Uh, just a gold trip, if uh, the three kilo turnaround to maybe two and a half or two, depending on the penalty, um, could you see him turning the tables on without a fight over 3,200 metres, the way he's going? 
Yeah, look, it's certainly possible. I mean, everything in horse racing is just a, a probability sort of chance of occurring. I mean, would you be confident and, and be willing to, to back him? It, it ultimately comes down to price. But um, look, horses don't run to exactly the same level every start, and there's all sorts of reasons for that. But we know uh, he's you know, proven at the 3,200 metres. And look, his, his Turnbull win and, and the run on Saturday is probably about a length and a half below. We ran in the Melbourne Cup last year, so he, he's still got that. Uh, potential reference point to, to elevate to if he gets there on the day and, and gets you know a trip and pace and all of those things to suit. So, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be, if, if you like him, I wouldn't be ruling him out of the Melbourne Cup at this stage either. Daniel, always great to get your perspective and your ratings on the big races. Appreciate your time once again. My pleasure, guys. Daniel O'Sullivan joining us there. Hey, don't forget, too, we've got our Rubira's Simply Sensational Ooh. Performance of the Week. A $100 voucher to give away. There's a lot of great SMSs. I'm going to get to some of them in a moment. And, of course, the I'm going to give Maddie Stewart the, uh, the task of pulling out the best text of the morning. Uh, you'll win a $100 dining voucher um, to uh, get you started at Rubira's, where, of course, tomorrow's menu is still swimming. This one may not get the $100 voucher. Or it may. Okay, yeah. Matt's theme of the week, knock gold trip, Cox Plate, knock the Cox Plate, it's down on class, rubbish field, and then harp on three-year-olds. Does he think the trainers have any idea of what they're doing? Oh, that'll get you a $100 dinner voucher. <laughs> Will it? Yeah, it's, it's the leader at the moment. Okay. Um, we'll talk about the Cox Plate after the break because I've got a grab of J-Mac who was really up and about after riding Romantic uh, Warrior. I want to ask you about a few of the other performances on the weekend. Riff Rocket, are you still as keen on him in a derby, despite the defeat, maybe extenuating circumstances there. And uh, there's some other news as well after the win in the Ethereal on uh, the weekend, uh, which saw Autumn Angel shoot up the market for the Oaks. Well, this morning, Peter Moody's let us know that she is going to the paddock, won't be heading to the Oaks. More after the break. The Verdict, thanks to Winning Edge Investments. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. WinningEdgeInvestments.com On RSN's Racing Pulse, this is The Verdict. Welcome back to The Verdict. Matty Highland uh, from the VJA has sent us through a message that uh, at Cranbourne this morning, Pat Maloney has had a, a fall and has been taken to the Frankston Hospital with shoulder and wrist injuries. Um, he'll give us a further update a little later today, but uh, fingers crossed for Pat's sake that it is uh, not uh, any broken bones and hopefully he'll be back riding. It's uh, not a good time of year to uh, be on the sidelines. So Paddy Maloney, a little fall today at Cranbourne. Shoulder, wrist injuries, he's off to Frankston Hospital. So uh, thinking of your Pat, hopefully everything is going to be okay. A few SMSs are coming here. Um... The stewards took a few hundred off me about six months ago over use of the whip. Hey, what's the difference? It's a race. That's from Sean. Don't know about that one anyway. Um, uh, th- that there the was a heat? couple along those lines yesterday too. Yeah. Like why? Why is the fine so? Why is it fifty thousand versus a few hundred bucks for the same offence? That's what he's asking. Like why is big, the big prize money, big races? They increase the fines. Yeah, and I, I see the sense in that. Um, so what he's saying is. Same offence. It's like you know, like any any offence. Why should there be a different penalty? But in this situation, I, I can understand There's why. There's a few a few other SMSs here saying if they've got a whip rule in place, why don't they enforce it? Uh, please get the whip rule right. Uh, it's so wrong how offenders get off with a fine and keep the race. By those doing the right thing, are penalised for abiding by the rules. 
another SMS here saying track ratings are posted at 7am, yet 10 hours later the MRC would have us believe it was still a good four. Um, uh, well, they're not the only ones. It's actually the stewards and it's the jockeys who give the feedback, so they're not going to make it up. Um, each race the, the, the feedback is given. So if it's a genuine good four, it'll remain that. If they think it's a good three, it'll be upgraded. I think the suggestion there is that it, they lingered onto the good four to make sure that Gold Trip retained his position. The MRC would have liked that, but the jockeys give the feedback as to how they see the track being rated. And to be honest, you'd think most of the jockeys could have said, hey, let's go in there and tell them it's a good oh, three. The most hilarious <laughs> one. Although there's the, every day of the week there's, there's complaints from the jockeys and the trainers that they rated it a four, but it was actually a three, but the rating stayed the same. Mm. So Mark Zara was... He's such a cheeky bugger. Like, after he rode in the first race, uh, you know, jockey comment, Mark Zara, good three. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, we were talking earlier about Romantic Warrior out at the Valley this morning, and every time you hear James McDonald, he seems to be getting a little bit more confident about the big Hong Kong horse's hopes in the Cox Plate on Saturday. Oh, he's unbelievable. I think that's been the biggest thing. He's, he's taken to the Valley unbelievably. Like, um, yeah, that's, it's... It's really to his liking. He's, he's, he's such a well-balanced horse. He gets around that. He changes legs. Toss of a coin. He's just very, very adaptable like that. But I think it's probably one of the key elements that we're taking out of. He's just, he really enjoys the valley, I, I feel. Yeah, and he's definitely made a significant amount of improvement. He's, his wind's good. Um, and and how, how his demeanour is coming off the track after a piece of work. You can really tell he's... Um, not taking much effect by it and he's working really well and doing a good bit of work and yeah he's he's marching off the track pretty well so um, ears prick happy horse looks well yeah he's going to present pretty pretty good there on Saturday I think it's a pretty good push mm. if he draws a good gate um, would you be keen to back him at $4.50? I think I'd like to see him win because I'd like to see that um, you know the Hong Kong horses come more regularly like if one comes and pulls off the cox plate and then goes back and is consistent you know races to his best during their international carnival it'd be nice if it, this was a the beginning of something we've been talking about it for years about regional mm. championships and so on so i, I kind of hope romantic warrior wins because he's yeah he's a name that if he appears on the winner's list the honor roll for the cox plate you'll go that was that great hong kong horse who mm. came down so who came down so I think he would be like a Cox Plate worthy winner, if you know what I mean, with a with a good with a good story behind it. So, I'm, I'm actually kind of cheering for him, unless I have a decent enough crack at militarised. But I'm a little bit thinking that he would be an appropriate winner. Yeah, I think so too. It, it, it adds that, and we all love international horses coming here and, and racing. It seems that. Hong Kong horses seem to get a bit of a oh well it's from Hong Kong it's you know, we shouldn't be pulling their tail we should be encouraging say, them Maddie. Yeah, yeah we should be encouraging oh, them they God, it's be. it's better for us if they if yeah. they keep coming absolutely um, it would be one of those uh, also very worthy winners if you see Gold Trip on the honour board for the Cox Plate bit like Might and Power coming back the year later to absolutely. win a Cox Plate let's see if we can get a definitive answer from the managing part owner, Jamie Lovett, as to whether Gold Trip will be there on Saturday. Uh, Jamie, you would have been very proud of your boy with his performance on the weekend. Yeah, morning, guys. Yeah, look, I, it was uh, really... I guess it was a, a relief just to see him run in the race. Obviously, the speculation was that he, he may not run, but to see him um, perform the way he did, in, which I think was one of the better Caulfield Cups I've ever seen, 
Um, and I think the class probably prevailed in the end. The three best horses in the race finished one, two, three. How did he come through the race from Kieran and Dave this morning? Are you more likely to pay up and, and take your place on Saturday? Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't known you as good news as you know with a horse. Um, I haven't heard from the lads, but my understanding is that if he come out of it, Kieran was keen to push on. So I'd suggest I'll pay up at up past eight in the morning and we'll, we'll be heading that way. Jamie, Mick Sharkey here, he's a bit like a heavyweight title champion, isn't he? You know, he just keeps turning up in these big races. He's racing so well. It's, it's like you've got Muhammad Ali in, in your ownership. You know, they're all coming at him, but he's just standing there strong. Yeah, how are you, Mick? Oh, look, I, I, you know, you couldn't be more proud of the horse just carrying weight. And, and look, he was made to carry the weight. It was a, a race that, that sorted out the, the genuine... Um, staying horses and, and certainly from the half mile home where you saw a lot of those horses that were gassy, the way he trucked up on the turn, mm. I, I sort of got out of my seat for, for a few <laughs> bounds, but I could see I could see Zara sort of um, folding around him. I knew we weren't going to get any favours, but he look, he was there to win. I think maybe the weight told in the end, but oh, look, he, I don't think he's never let us down this horse. He, he wasn't right in the autumn, which um, yeah, in hindsight, I, I still say that was more own agreed than anything we probably you know we all know the Melbourne Cups we seem to find the bottom but I think just the forgiving ground in the Sydney autumn we, we went there but he just wasn't himself but when he's right he, he certainly is up for the fight and, he, and as I say he's never let us down so you go to the races knowing that he's going to give his best and look I think he like, the amazing thing about this horse but like when he come back in on Saturday and, and they got the saddle off staying there like he wouldn't have blown out a candle he's just an amazing lung capacity and, and he certainly seems to cop racing and being a stallion it does give you hope that he could turn up on Saturday and, and as I say if he runs up to his back you know you're not scared to run him in anything he's competitive and um, oh, look I, I'm, I think we bought him in the first place always thinking he was a cost plate horse and obviously well publicised we couldn't run him in the cost plate year one but I've still got a a suspicion that he showed at Flemington at 2000 off, off a hot tempo um, well, not that it wasn't that, though. It doesn't necessarily be a hot tempo, but if it's run for suit, I'd I, I give him a life hope in a cost plate. I really do. Because he's racing so well, and he's absolutely seems to be at the, at the peak of his powers, and your business partner, Luke's great man on form and his, his uh, maps and everything else. With a horse like this, though, do you, do you almost just throw it out the window because you know he's going so well? It, you just sit back and let it unfold? You don't, you don't have yeah. to be too tactical with this horse? No, I think you make a good point, Mick. He's sort of a horse that, you know, it doesn't really matter um, the race shape. He comes back, you, you notice him on the weekend off a brutal speed. Yeah. He's still just, when Ben clicked him up, he comes back under the rider and he just sucks up into the race. And he can do that from, like even in the Melbourne Cup, Caulfield Cup last year, he, you, you, looking at it live, you could say, well, he's too far out of his ground. He's got too much, but he's got that mid-race sectional that just he presents on the turn in any race we ask him to and to be fair to Jamie last year they popped the ride but he half brought his flow away and we got further back than we want but he still sucked up presented and then got squeezed up and Jamie ducked back to the fence but he was he still was only a few lengths off him in the finish and he's just a horse that doesn't seem to matter where what the race shape is what what the tempo is or, or even the ground I'm, I'm still not I'm not jumping on the he needs soft ground. I mean, some of his best race performances have been on threes and fours, so you mm. could argue that he's just a very good horse, regardless of the fact that he's... I remember 
Darren Weir once saying he loved training bulls because he reckons if you could contain them, uh, then you get absolute maximum benefit out yeah. of uh, out of end tires and, and give them more work. You can, yeah, you know, and and you saw sure. Gold Tri- uh, Gold Trip on the weekend. He's just robust. He's 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 uh, alert. And Jamie, do you see that as? Uh, as one of his assets later in life is that he's still an entire and, and that's all that testosterone's being sort of harnessed by Kieran and Dave and it's actually working strongly in his favour. Yeah, Matt, it's funny you reference that comment about stains. It was something I learned very early with where he, he used to love the, the keeping the cults. If you keep him a cult, just do it. You know, he wasn't one to say gelding for the sake of gelding for that reason. And they, they do, the bulls, they, they just seem to come out of their races better. They cop mm. it. And this horse is testament to that. I mean, last year, uh, look, obviously it was a softer edition of the Caulfield Cup. Like, there's no no risk that he, you know, he found the right race last year and he went down half length. But this year was a proper mile and a half staying race and he carried top weight. And he, and he you know, you would normally say geez, you'd want to let the horse get over that run to go into a Melbourne Cup. But I honestly believe, and again, I haven't spoken to the lads this morning, but I just think he, he, he thrives on racing. And You've only got to look at those horses in, in Europe and the, the Valley Door colts that come through their three-year-old season. That like they, you know, they train them a lot harder than us. But these colts just year after year they cop racing. Uh, I know they don't back them up like we do traditionally, but they just seem to be able to cop racing as colts. And I, I just think that this horse has is, is got all that profile that, that we reference. He just seems to thrive on racing and. Um, Look, I wouldn't put anything past the horse. I mean, the horse will come first. If he's not right, we're gonna. Greed won't be a factor. We'll we'll, we'll just wait. But if if Kieran and David say he's right to run Saturday, like fair play to them. They, they know the horse inside out, and he's only got to see the way that he's moving going out of the gates. When Benny jumps on, he's just could, he's in a really good space. Well, that'll be exciting because he adds another layer to the Cox Plate if we can see him on Saturday. Uh, just a couple of quick ones. Are you confident that Mark Zara is going to stick with your boy in a in a Melbourne Cup? Well, I think Mark will have to make a decision quickly because I know Anthony's owners are quite keen to get a commitment. Um, we've got two good options. You know, the, you've got top weights. There's only a couple there. They've, they've got limited jockeys that are riding heavy. They haven't got a book of um, options. So we've obviously, you know, as you can imagine, we've got quite a few um, leading jockeys that are chasing the ride on gold trips so I wouldn't I wouldn't like to be wait. I don't think it's fair on the owners and the race itself to be going through that where everyone's waiting to see who's riding going into sort of you know, another week's time so if it were up to me I'd be just you know, I'd dinner with Mark the night so I didn't push it given he'd won the race but like I said to him you know you're not going to have the luxury of waiting until after the Cox play. Mm. I think he's got to make a decision. In fairness to our connections and Anthony's connections, I just think it's the right thing to do. And jockeys being jockeys, you know, and I get it. They like to um, have it both ways. But I think ultimately he's going to have to make a decision. And then if he jumps, I hope he, I hope he sticks with him. I've got a lot of luck with him. And I love when he rides our horses because he's, he's such a big, he's a big race rider. And, you know, that's what you want going to the big dance. But if he elects to ride Anthony's, I totally understand. But there's a couple of really good jockeys that are happy to take take the ride. So I'd, like, I'd hope we get a decision on that in the next 48 hours. Well, Ben rode him well on Saturday. Would he be um, the, the number one front runner, Ben Mellon? Yeah, and look, as far as who's number one, that's sort of not my decision. As we saw the other day, um, Kieran will ultimately make those decisions. But all I can do, I just put the Kieran, the riders that have put their hand up, and no doubt he's getting those calls as well. Um, 
and ultimately he'll make the ride. But, you know, the, there's plenty of top world-class riders that are happy to ride the horse. So we're in a pretty good position there. But obviously, Mark's just going to have to make that call. And he made he got the he got it right the other day. So I suspect mm-hmm. he'll make the right call. <laughs> and just one little quick one: uh, Las Toshka is your other um, yeah. intriguing Melbourne Cup hope, who continues to firm in the market. Has she settled in since arriving? Yeah, and I think that may be why she... I mean, a couple of reasons that, obviously, they're a little bit of attrition, so these horses seem to have climbed the market because they don't race. But that, along with the fact that Nick Price and, and um, Michael Kent Jr. just could not be happy with the way she settled in. As you know, guys, when you're travelling horses, you know, they've got to get their head down and eat and drink, and they both made comments. Amazing. She just hasn't turned her hair, so... She'll do a little bit of fast work this week, and we're hoping to lock in a jockey for her probably after Geelong on Wednesday. Uh, we've got a few balls in the air as well with Ashran running in that race. We'd love to make the field with him. He only got to run top three, so I would suggest pass the ballot. And he'd be another one. I, I think he's sort of forgotten because he was a very good horse when he arrived and three years off. The guys have done a great job of getting back, but a couple of balls in the air there. Uh, well done again on the weekend, and the good news is we're more than likely to see... The big boy, once again in action in the Cox Plate Gold Trip on Saturday. Uh, no doubt we'll catch up with you tomorrow morning out there in the build-up to the Cox Plate. Appreciate your time, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Mm. Which way do you think Mark will jump? Uh, I, I think it's a genuine 50-50. He may paper, scissors, rocket. He may He may have to. He because may. I think he'll go Gold Trip. If there were the setbacks that you're talking about behind the scenes, Sharky, the... Fact so, that that so horse they're, they're was able to win a, Mel, a Caulfield Cup, you'd think maybe the improvement and the bounce out factor could be. But but, but doesn't but he... you've got this you've got the big dog in the yard, Gold Trip, racing so well in everything they put him in. When does he have to make a call in the Melbourne Cup before the Cox Plate? Well, Jamie just said, yeah, he's going to have so, to. So, but it's a, the, the thing that gets in the way is how he runs in the Cox Plate. It's not a simple case of taking out of the Caulfield Cup, you got um, without a fight and Gold Trip looking at the Melbourne Cup. One of them has to come through the Cox Plate first. I feel also. like there's less risk with Gold Trip. I feel mm. like there's less risk Don't because we, we, of how we, well he's going. But what about the uh, description of how much of a setback uh, um, without a fight had coming in? That's why he ran second up in the Caulfield Cup. He could find three lengths off that. That's, so. that's right. Yeah. Um, a couple of quick ones before we take a break into the news and uh, we've got to talk about Frankie Dettori after 10 o'clock as well. What a uh, <laughs> The Hollywood scripted fairy tale continues uh, with Frankie Dettori over in Europe and there's some great audio that we'll play for you as well. Um, Riff Rocket, what did you make of the performance? I know um, $1.30 favourite gets rolled. He still is favourite for the derby. James McDonald this morning, this is what he had to say about the run and why he's not um, overly concerned heading to a derby. He was good. Um, I, I don't think he really appreciates Caulfield that much. He, he um, the top bend, he got really disunited and, and on the wrong leg, and then the last bend, he took a little bit awkwardly as well. So, a combination of a very slow pace, as well as um, just being an inexperienced horse around Caulfield, I think just brought him undone. But he's only been beating the nose and. Um, we're, we're still um, we're still on track. He's a, he's a pretty good horse, and um, yeah, back to Flemington, big roomy, big roomy track will suit him down to the ground again. Well, I actually think it was encouraging, even though he was beaten at a dollar thirty, because it sort of confirmed 
the Flemington win wasn't just a one-off? Because we spoke to Chris Waller on race morning and he basically said, I need to be convinced again, you know. like I, And I think the way he ran and with what James McDonald just said, like once he gets back to Flemington, because I don't think anyone well, complete believe that the win at Flemington was reflective of just how good he was. It no. was you want to see it again because and was... I think we did see it again at Caulfield. He just happened to not win. Well, he didn't see it again. No, he didn't see it again because he he Sunset's was on level pegging terms. Six and a half lengths on it. Yeah, but it was just the way the race was run. It was the fact that he didn't get he around never the track. He hoped to run him down in yeah. the straight. Yeah, the, the but he price... gets back to Flemington. I reckon he ran as well as oh, he did at Flemington, but no. he just didn't win. No, he didn't. I don't think he ran anywhere. Okay. The price was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, dollar twenty eight, and we, Is we that talked about that on Friday. At a dollar forty-five, just completely different circumstances at a different track. The horse is going to slingshot out of that race as well. Getting back to Flemington, I'm not saying he can turn tables on Riff Rocket, but he will run the trip, and he desperately needs a big track. Is Apulia? He was a month between runs going into that previous race. Uh, He was back with tempo against him. He was the worst off as far as the speed was concerned in that race. Had to come right around them to make his ground. Splits were all good. Uh, Flemington, twenty-five hundred meters. He'll be ready to pee. What's happening with Sheelite? Hey, we need Shelight to take a need, run in the derby. Need to take a break, and then we'll talk about a few of these other races. Unbelievable ride on Coeur Volant. Um Ollie, and the emotional scenes. Great win on Arkansas Kid as well. Spacewalk, what were you doing? Um, oh. Just curling up that last little bit. Right to Arataki. Buffalo River, uh, the Celine machine. No, plenty more to talk about, as well as Frankie, after this. On RSN's Racing Pulse, this is The Verdict. Great to have your company for this special Caulfield Cup edition of The Verdict. Looking back on what was a phenomenal week. Don't forget we have... That was a quick out. Uh, don't forget we have the <laughs> Rubira's Simply Sensational Performance of the Week. You can win $100 well, for oh, the best this. text message. Well, I'm going to make your life a bit easier. We've got some great... Make it an, a match Stuart Abuse well, one. I like those ones. Yeah, well, there's a lot to choose from. Beautiful. Um, I'm going to read a few more out, but I'm going to do it with a twist because... Listening to Jamie Lovett, it seems that Gold Trip's going to run in the Cox Plate, which will mean for two years in a row he will have competed in the big three, the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate and the Melbourne Cup, which is just phenomenal. Iron horse stuff. So I want the listeners to tell us, who is the last horse who has run in all three majors in consecutive years? If anyone can get it, the first one through on 0416905052, they will win the Rubira's Simply Sensational Performance of the Week. And I don't think he won... We we were all alive. I don't think he won... We were all alive. I don't think he won any of them. You want to give lots of clues away, don't you? No, no, that's it. No, no, no. You're over... You're overclewing here, Shark. You're overclewing. No, I just don't think this particular horse won any of them. We we Mm. were all alive. So there's the clue. So that can go back to the 30s oh, for Maddie? Organise her a lot older than me, so there's a small window. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just a, a few more ones on Caulfield before we go. Uh, are you surprised the word from Peter Moody this morning after what was a sensational win of Autumn Angel? Uh, she lost momentum and was able to really hunt down Tropical Squall and win the Ethereal. Uh, this morning he's had a look at her and said, we don't think she's mature enough. Yeah, and good. Horse comes first, off horse to Scully Paddock. Yeah, well, there's a lot more wins in Autumn Angel. It was only a fifth start and she kicked off her career in April. So they're playing the long game with Autumn Angel. I, I really like that. She was really tough and chased hard and yep, looked an Oaks filly all over from that, but maybe we'll have to wait till an Autumn or a Winter Oaks for her. I thought Tropical Squall's effort cannot be uh, 
breezed past. You know, from 12 with 59 keys, gave mm. the field three kilos. And it was a firm race. Didn't walk in front. She made it a, a genuine 2,000-metre race. It took them until the last 50 metres to get her. Gay trains more like Aidan O'Brien than any other Australian trainer. She just gets them fit and they run. She had a horse yesterday in the Horsham Cup called Supergirl. Did yeah. you see yes. that? Yeah, yeah. It just bloody ran and ragged with Linda Meach on board. Well, this is what Tropical Squall did leading into the flight. So they went to the front, they got run down, and I think in the flight, rival jocks just went, ah, we'll run past her at a mile, don't worry about that. And she found. So she gets beaten at 2,000. If they push onto an Oaks, they may well let her have the lead mm. again. I wouldn't discount Tropical well, she's Squall she's a $3 favourite. Turning it all around. What about Basilina? She could easily just run them ragged. Easily. What about the run of Basilina? Basilina was very good. Yeah. Damien Oliver could win another Oaks. I think he's won eight Oaks or something. Gay's like got another one, I think, that is still heading towards the Oaks. It was for a while. Okay. I think it's got a, a chance just, too. Just with Moods pulling that filly out of the Oaks, I, I was really taken aback by the I wish I win decision. Like you'd think... Yeah. Why is that? He's had a cameo spring. I mean, I'm not second-guessing moods because he almost pulled off the, the training performance, you know, of the Everest with I wish I win second up. But with the champion sprint coming up and so on, I'm surprised, assuming all's well with the horse, that he's pulled up stumps with a champion sprint just sitting there. He's the top-rated local sprinter. Um, and then waiting to go around for the Everest again. It sort of made me wonder whether... Is everything all right with the horse? Uh, assuming it is, but it seems a very, very careful, cautious campaigning of the horse. It does. I'd love to have seen it go through, but, I mean, you can only take the yeah. stable. Both mm. Catherine and Peter Moody have said everything's fine. He's mm. he's going to be a, a horse that we want to run in the next three of us. So he's... Has he got a weakness or something? Because it, it does seem conservative. Is there something about the horse well, that the longest, requires that sort of campaigning? The longest prep he's ever had is four starts, yeah. ever. And yeah. that was the spring. He had it as younger horse in New Zealand. He had four starts at a prep, and then he had four starts uh, last spring. So he was born with a bent was, leg. I yeah, wonder he whether he's still got a corkscrew leg. Hmm. Maybe there's some management there. Uh, just another update too. Uh, there was an SMS earlier that said, um, "Boys, have we got any Amelia's Jewel updates?" So I've oh. given Simon Miller a text, and he replied and said, "She's back on her game. It took until Thursday to completely dial back in. She'll have a gallop tomorrow morning." And if she comes through it in good order, I'll head to the Eagle. I just, I love that. I love that analogy, you know, the dialing back in. You, you know, after being a bit off, you could just see Amelia's jewel just at home, having a bit of a rest on the couch, just thinking, oh, I better get back to work tomorrow. Give the boss a ring. I'll be there in the morning, it's a bit mate. Like when I'll we, see you there. I'm back. When's Maddie Stewart going to dial back in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, a few SMSs coming uh, through relentless. here. Uh, very elegant. No. Zipping. No. Um, Saintly, no. Doremus, no. Uh, Count Shivers, no. Give these people. They're all clue, good. Matthew. They're all good guesses. Green they're Moon, all not far off. no. We don't want good guesses. We want correct answers. Diva, no, but no. someone. It sounds Humidor, like they're getting closer. No. God, they're idiots. Haven't they? <laughs> Come on. God, don't call the audience uh, idiots. Rising fast ran in it. Uh, ran in all three majors two years in a row. Look, he may well have. That's a bit before my time. He did. But he, he wasn't did. the last. I wrote a book on want, it. We want the last. <laughs> did you? I wrote a fat chapter of 8,000 words on Rising Fast, uh, and he did. He went the... What do you mean you wrote a book? There was a book. Slattery's... No, no. Slattery's put it out, and we are all contributed chunks. Oh. And um, there was a fascinating story about it, because the third year he ran in the Melbourne Cup, um, they chose not to protest. He ran fourth to a featherweight with 70 kilos or something on his back, and... 
Bob Hoisted and his lovely wife were at the cinema that night and they played at intermission. They played the replay of the Caulfield Cup. And then he was like, damn it, we should have protested <laughs> now that I've seen it on the big screen. A few more SMSs before we get to Frankie to Tori. Uh, hi, guys. Can you confirm that Matt Stewart was the one who interrupted Catherine Coleman's interview uh, on Saturday morning, the Contenders show, when we were uh, speaking Sounds to Sounds like it. Was that you? I didn't realise that, that she was on Contenders. I just was under the impression she was desperately trying to find our very tricky broadcasting position at Caulfield. So uh, that was Guinea's she day. She was still in her stable. Uh, more SMSs coming through. Uh, great show, guys. I think it's time for the VRC or another racing body to introduce or convert the Oaks and Derby uh, in the spring for four-year-olds, three- and four-year-olds. What do you think about that, Sharky? Uh, no, don't really like that idea. I wouldn't be against reducing the distance to 2,000, but for the spring, for the spring Oaks in Derby, I think not many of them, uh, when you look back through the field, may not, and that's what Peter Moody's saying, not ready, Autumn Angel isn't ready for the rigours of a 2,500 metre Oaks at this point. May well be in the autumn, but not right now. Our great mate, the late Dean Lester, was very, very supportive of retaining it as it is because he felt like it was... You know, he didn't. He, his view was he didn't really care if the horses didn't go on afterwards. That it was an event in itself. It wasn't a lead up to anything else, and that it took a special type. And the ones that didn't have to run didn't have to run. So Dean Dean supported the historic element of retaining it as it is at yep. the time of year and the distance for both races. Uh, morning, guys. Congratulations to the owners of Junipal. A thousand days between wins. Yeah, uh, Not sure of the story. reasons, but love what happened. Fantastic seeing them back in the winner's store yesterday. That was Seymour Cup yesterday, Junipal at 12 to 1. Supergirl, have a look at the replay. I'm telling you now, Supergirl can come to Cup Week and win, win, a, a, race, yeah. win a race. She can definitely do that. And Cracker Jack Prince won the Cup up at Beautiful Avoca for Archie Alexander yep. on Saturday. Um, for the sake of the punting public, does Sulcum have to undergo a barrier troll before running again? No. Uh, just Rob Montgomery, the chief steward, has texted me back about that. I asked him, uh, Rob Montgomery, um, I said, howdy. <laughs> I said, howdy. Does Sulcum require a barrier <laughs> trial? He said, nope. First time he's ever stood flat-footed. Um, so... It was the way he stood flat-footed, but so if he does it again as a he's a buyer beware as horse. a top five or six chance in a Melbourne Cup, then uh, they will make him do a barrier trial. Yep, too late. I'd she still cried. like to see them maybe do something before a Melbourne uh, Cup, the biggest punting race in Australia. But I think with it's a lot a of first-time punters. Maybe we need to have a little bit more protection. I'll, I will there. say with Sulkin. Yeah, he walks out, but he does muster speed very quickly, and it doesn't seem to affect his finishing effort. So. He, no, he must his runs this press. His price he's will out, reflect the fact that he up, doesn't get away. He but still it's, take a it's position. Hard, yeah, every other start. But Saturday, that cost him. I, I think he runs very close to top three, if not certainly top four, if he doesn't miss the start by six lengths. I think it's an acceptable risk when you're talking about gambling and horses that I think his price on the day will be three points greater than it should be because he is a risk at the start. And any naive punter who backs him is going to get probably over the odds, Sulcum, if he jumps. There's going to be a lot of those on Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah, but that's just that's gambling, it's horse forget, racing. Forget the price, look at the performance. Riff Rocket is a query at 2,500 metres. Maybe. Uh, Gee, the Derby, I can't do not. I can't get my head around the Derby at the moment. I just can't think about I'm getting very close to getting my head around mm. uh, you. Who are you? Uh, wait till we get a bit closer. Oh, 
It doesn't matter, Sharky. Most of your tips don't win me. anyway. So. No, it's, <laughs> I've been uh, butchering a few of these. Do races. not sleep on uh, Zurian or Zorian in the thousand. No, Zorian. It was massive. It was a, an average ride from Mickey D. The listener is saying it was at three wide, but it. Ironically, could have been the runner of the day heading for a thousand guineas. Great run. And Kurt Volant was the winner of that race we'll and talk was very, about very ride. good. Blake Shin's ride there. You will not see a better ride for the Vivier entirety Your man. of the spring carnival. Hmm? OTI. Yeah, she hit the hit the um line really well, Vivier, from a mm. uh, a thousand guineas. A few good runs in point that of race. view. Um there's a few other SMSs coming through here. Um Let's Elope zipping. Yippee-yi-yo. Are they deliberately not getting it? Yippee-yi-yo. Northerly. Northerly. Was it Count Shivers? No. Um, surely someone must get this soon. Give someone a bit Hang more on. of a clue. Hang on. They're still coming in. Very elegant again. Oh, my Lord. Uh, what about this one? Bloody Stuart. I texted you yesterday about emboldening animal activists. You said I was a big chance for a voucher. An hour later, he gives it to someone else because his attention span doesn't last that long. Uh, that's from Macca. Um, Maybe goldfish. Here we go. What? We've got a winner. Right. Citizen. In 1991-1992, Citizen ran in all three majors. Um, uh, anonymous, uh, text us back in. I've got your text uh, number, your mobile number here. You have won the $100 dining voucher to Ribera's, where tomorrow's menu is still, still swimming. Well done. Citizen is the last horse to have competed in three majors in two consecutive years, 1991 and uh, 1990. Um, after the Caulfield Cup, we turned our attention to overseas because it was Champions Day and it was Frankie, his farewell day. And as the script has been written all year, he was going to go out on a high and this is how he did it. Winning what he says could be his last ever ride at Ascot. I'm not sure if that will be the case or not. The champion stakes on King of Steel. King of Steel is trying to reach them inside the final furlong. Via Sestina. Here comes King of Steel under Frankie Dodori on the near side. Via Sestina by a half length. He's a neck. He's a head. And King of Steel, he gets up the win. He wins the champion. And Frankie Dodori, he salutes the crowd on his farewell ride. And his favourite race course is King of Steel. Just incredible. And have a listen to the crowd when Frankie returned to scale his post-race interview. Uh, so there you go. You can hear the crowd. It was like a soccer crowd, wasn't it? Um, uh, cheering for Frankie on his return. And then his day, he had a, a statue unveiled of him. He wins a couple of races. He was unlucky not to have had a treble. Kinross got beaten as a short price favourite. And then that night, there was a gala Frankie Dottori dinner gala. for his friends. Gala. Mm. Every dinner's a gala if it's a gala. <laughs> if it's a good one. Yeah, if there's a gala on your host, you Every time I hear the word gala, the for some reason I think of giant chandeliers. <laughs> I just think of the Felgates because they what host about, everyone around here. What about if you're going to have a party, he's got Ronan have Keating. a gala one. He's got Ronan Keating there. Whoa. Who's Ronan Keating? Oh, stop, he's not, stop well, it. Well, I know who Sorry, Ronan he's Keating not is, a, but he's not. He's yeah. not a Triple J DJ. But here he is, Frankie singing with Ronan Keating. Ronan Keating.
Amazing that life story. Can I just smooth you know what? One little the party's going to continue here in Melbourne, mm. and he's here for Cup Week. I oh, God, I hope some. Lloyd, have you got a horse that can run in a Melbourne Cup with Frankie's weight? We need Frankie to have a ride in the Melbourne well, Cup. Well, if yeah. he likes, um, if he likes getting up on stage with musical legends, um, Grinspoon's playing the Forum on Cup Eve. Maybe we get Phil Jamison to get him up, and he can rip through. So this is a, a crap I have to deal with, with every uh, Friday show. This is a Friday combo. Uh, uh, I t- I tell you one thing as a complete aside, just hearing the adulation for Frankie Dottori, like. I know everyone's talking about the Beckham docker at the moment. I could not believe mm. how aggressively they turned on uh, Beckham after that kicking um, the opposition player in that game. Like, just a reflex. I couldn't believe how... I know that English soccer is a massive sort of thing and that, but they, they never forgave him. It took can, 15 years. How can you chastise me for a realistic um, tangent there? Well, just thinking of the way they celebrate their heroes no over No connection at all I would love to work with some people uh, that actually have the concentration uh, bigger than a goldfish. This no, is where you're so, at in your life. Oh, yeah. my God. You don't know how difficult this is. Let's get back to Frankie Dottori, not Matt David Beckham. Well, then we're done with ADHD Frankie Dottori. Have shark. a listen to... Do you really think that's the last time we'll ever see him at Ascot? Because John Gosden doesn't. And it's very clear to me. I teased him. I said, I know what's going to happen. You're going to ride there. You're going to ride Saturday. Do you ride all the Middle East, Bahrain, Qatar, Saudi, Dubai? That gets you to the end of March. You try and find a, a Kentucky Derby horse. That takes you to May. Oh, funny thing. Royal Ascot's coming up. Mm. And I said, you and John Velasquez, he's a great friend of his, you'll be competing for rides at Ascot. I think we'll see him back there as well. Would he it sounds like a Prime Minister. Gosden just doesn't sums he? it up doesn't so Doesn't he sound well. like a Prime Minister? He knows. He knows. Well, He anyway. knows what's going on. We'll see what happens with John Farnham de Tory. Um, Celine Gaudry, by the way, is riding in New Zealand next weekend. Just right. a little aside, which is interesting. Well, what about her races? ride on Saturday? Mm. Um, she's really clicked with Buffalo River, and I thought oh, she, yeah. she got the sectionals perfect there. It was mm. good to see him back. Is he a sneaky chance in a Rupert Clark? You'd have to say he would be at the moment. Well, he's, he loves the track and trip, doesn't he? It's his little happy place, Caulfield 1400. But haven't you ever seen a horse who was so gonski as Buffalo River was come back? Oh, like no. The only other one is Vivianne. I know she got beaten, but she's Vivianne won five in a row. Uh, oh, he's gonski. He's put 250 in the tank at his yeah. last three. Not bad going. But I think it's dead set Celine Gaudray. And Buffalo River. That's the reason why, because Celine Gaudre's been riding him. There's something about the the soft hands of these female riders on these front running horses. And Maroney basically said, "Yeah, like this, that they, they've just gelled." I'm not sure Buffalo River would be dominating the way he is if Celine Gaudre wasn't mm. on him. I think she's been such an important part of it. And a race where he is the designated leader suits him down to the ground. There'll yeah. be probably more pressure, you'd imagine, in in the Rupert Clark. I still think Antino's going to be the horse to beat in that race. Um, Is he going to a Rupert Clark? Or is he running in the mile this weekend? Well, he can then run in the mile and go to a Rupert Clark. I don't know if you want to come back in trip with that horse. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Or maybe he goes to the Champions Mile. Yeah. Or he maybe goes to the Champions Stakes. Julius Sandu was checking over Lofty Strike today. I'm going to give him a bell after the show. Hello, his best. He got well, the he got massive bump at the start, but, but the he start. galloped in the run like a horse who'd recovered from it. He galloped nicely, so I don't know whether that... Well, I'll, I'll tweet it, because he wants me to... I'll give him a ring. Uh, SMS here, uh, once again, uh, asking how we think Jamie Carr's riding. She's certainly not 
having any luck at the moment. She didn't do anything wrong, I don't think, on, on Valiant King Sharky. No. Gave it every hope. She's just Spacewalk. I don't know what happened there. I, I, I thought it was just home. Did he curl? Did he just say, oh, there's a winning post? I don't want to. I don't know. About he got a good that. head in front. He. I think he just peaked on his run because where she ended up in the run and you, the stewards report the house, well, why'd you go back when he began really well? And that were the, those, those were the instructions. So that's where she ended up. His splits were awesome until about the, the 150. And I think he's just peaked on his run. I think he's a horse with a little sharp turn of foot and that's it. He can't sustain it forever. But just with Jamie Carr, um, it's it's a little bit about A, as she got her eye back in after that terrible injury, or but B, the other thing too is you're not going to see as much of her in the winner's store because she's just she's she's not getting eight rides on eight favourites anymore, and that's that was a that was a consequence of how bloody good she is that she got to the stage where she was getting the James McDonald sort of rides, but at the moment she's not. So no matter how well she's riding, she's still not going to be. Jamie Carr, as we remembered from 12 months ago, because she's just not on the same cattle at the moment. Well, she was probably riding in the same form of Damien Lane and Blake Shin then, where you probably can't say that now. Well, it's they, not they, about the form, are... it's about the horses. You've got to get the you, You've got to have the cattle. You've got to have the cattle. She was on six out of eight favourites every weekend. She's going to ride a lot of winners. She's now on she's a couple of favourites on the weekend. Yeah, but now she's not. It just so, goes no, to show you whether it's, she was. Well, whether it's injury or... Compare the rides she's been getting lately to what she had a year ago. But that's injury and suspension. Yeah. Everything else is factored in. When exactly. you're not there, other people take those rides and they step no, no, into the No, that's exactly that what I'm saying. I'm well, saying... I'll tell you what, she has a guilt-edged opportunity to get back into the winner's stall in the Geelong Cup on Wednesday. First Immortal goes around in the Geelong Cup. I'm going to the Geelong if Cup. If he wins that... At the acceptance um, is through for that. I've got a moral He'll be able to get... Well, First Immortal's immoral. I don't care about him. Um, Spanish one. Mission goes there as well. He ran really well last start. Yeah. Spanish Mission. And if yeah. First Immortal gets the win in the Geelong Cup, I think with the attrition we're going to see in the Melbourne Cup, he'll get a little penalty and Jamie Carr will be riding him in the Melbourne Cup and... Sharky, how do you compare? The, when will the exemptions be out for that? How do you compare the form lines to the Caulfield Cup and the depth of that race to where First Immortal might have fit in? Yeah, hard to say. I think the Geelong Cup's the right option for him. It's still going to have some depth and strength to it with Spanish Mission, like he's world class on his day. Vaughan declares there in the nominations. Whether they go there or not, I'm not sure. Ash Run, we heard Jamie Lovett speak about him before he's on the comeback trail but going well the virtual circle if there's a little bit of rain around is riding a race like that Wrong, there is some competition in that race i think for a for an emerging horse like first immortal it's the right target for him he could go there win a geelong cup and then he's suddenly right in the conversation for a melbourne cup it's a it's a smart smart path that mark and levi kavanagh have, have planned here for First Immortal, I think. You know what'll happen? What's if he runs, happen? Virtual Circle wins, and then suddenly he's in the Melbourne Cup conversation. Do you, are you a Virtual Circle fan? Massive. Flying. Okay. Is his toe in the touch, maybe? Nah, don't care. Doesn't matter. Just wins. Wins so, the wrong cup, and then goes, goes around the Melbourne Cup. $26 First Immortal in a Melbourne Cup. and He'd start that on the day, just about. Well, if he wins the Geelong Cup, oh, maybe he's a $13 or $14 chance, but I don't know if he's in virtuous, the shorter. Virtuous Circle seems to be under... It's a $34 chance in the Melbourne Cup. It's flying. Flying. I don't know if you guys watch this through the same eyes. You watch have different is it, eyes. Is it we Goldman? Definitely do not flying. see the world through is the same Goldman, eyes, Matty. Is it, <laughs> is it Goldman? Well, two people can't see it the same way I do. <laughs> like flying, um, which was unbeatable. Only a rusty nail. Who was that? Which one? Was that Goldman? 
Did you say that? Was it Goldman earlier in the year? It's yeah, not. It's going like a busted. Let's not back over all it's of Matt's like big busted, calls. It, it doesn't, you know, yeah. we, we enjoy them at the time. Uh, I love his confidence. J-Mac had four favourites on Saturday. Didn't ride uh, any winners. Uh, that's from Keith. Um, it does look like Jamie Carr's lost her confidence. That's from Mick. How do you um, tell, though? How can you look and see that that's, you know, you're guessing? what people like to do. It's like when they watch football and they yeah. say, oh, so well, it may not be, yips it may they, be true. They two goals yeah. and it, then they kick eight the next week. Yeah. It's just people see, as we say, Maddie, different things. My gut feeling is she probably is a little bit in recovery mode, but still you've got to get the cattle. Oh, there's a, there's a protest from one of the listeners here because I think... Mm. Maddie, did you say that Citizen didn't win any of the majors? No, I'm, I've, I can't remember. Cup, did he win did he? the Caulfield Cup? Yeah, that year, he won a Caulfield Cup. So apologies if apologies, Matt yeah. has put you off the no voucher for you. The scent for some of the listeners, but again, oh well, yeah, that was a tele- yeah bad yeah. curveball. <laughs> See, well, I did you know, pluck Citizen in the ad break, and the listeners took five hundred guesses to find Citizen. So. If Zara sticks with without a fight with Johnny Allen, be a chance on Gold Trip. Oh, I think Ben the, I think Ben Mellum or Hugh Bowman are the two that were in the mix for um, the Cox Plate. Speaking of the Cox Plate, I still haven't got a winning tweet SMS yet. When do we no, get our away for that lunch? answer? Oh, okay. When do we get a Rabiras, buddy? Oh, yeah, I like to take my own bottle to places. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> on that note, uh, you'll see us. You'll see us nice and early. If you come and Happy see Matty. Corkage. Come and see Matty. He, he, he might have his own bottle with him oh, tomorrow morning Lord. at Mooney Valley Hip for breakfast. I like it. <laughs> with the best. So what time uh, are we there tomorrow? You'll be there give at 6 a.m. The, give us the drill. 6 a.m., I think it is. Um, uh, and reminded the listeners, it hasn't been highly promoted. It is no, on No, it hasn't. I didn't even Breakfast with the best. It's an annual event. Um, you get a... A list when you go in of all the horses gallops. Uh, I think there's a pre- free snag in bread and a free coffee. I Double think from memory, the they're all freebies. And it's then a, the it's big a really good morning. upstairs. Mooney Valley's done it very well for a long time. Uh, they'll have the barrier draw for the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, which is now on the Friday night. The Manicato, which, to be honest, looks like a, an imperator's benefit at the moment. It'll be hard to see. Um, how they'll beat her with the form that she's been in. I think I wish I uh, not. I wish I win. Um, the good Ma horse that won well in Sydney. I am me. I am me will be contesting. Different sort of standard. Not you sure would about think. Uncommon James whether they'll back him yeah. up into it, but will all will be revealed tomorrow. Uh, Brent from Hobart is our winner. Hey Brent for Citizen. It had to go to a Taswegian, uh, remembering that um, Citizen was the horse that was the last one there. Um, Sharky, you won't be there tomorrow morning. I'll see you on Friday. Yes, via the Geelong Cup. Looking now, forward to that. Someone has just come, text me through and said that first immortals drawn barrier 15 in the Geelong Cup. I haven't got the final fields for Wednesday as yet on my system, so I'll await until they come through. But that might be someone who has access to the system a little bit better than me. We'll Racing give you Australia. Ah, oh, yeah, here, here they we are. go. Where's the good thing drawn? Virtuous. Uh, virtuous circle, Matthew, is your barrier for G. Here Look you at go. This. Okay, I'll give you the field as we finish it. Spanish Mission has drawn barrier 11. Ashrun, barrier 1. King Frankel, 3. Shiraz, 12. Magic Lagoon, 5. More Felons. These are wallet horses. Felons. A 10. Virtuous circle, <laughs> Damien Lane, 4. Did you even go to school? Felons. <laughs> Felons. Fancy Man, barrier 17. High Emotion, 16. Sir Lucan, 2. Ahmad, 13. Going Mount well, Popper, 14. First Immortal, 15. Jeez, a few roadblocks in Jeez. that race for Virtual Circle. He's having no luck yeah, with the barriers. First Immortal, Timor, 9. Farago, 6. Mr. Waterville, 7. The map has drawn barrier 8. So it's a good deep field of 17, as you'd want for a half a million dollar 
leading to a Melbourne Cup. The it's got a long tail, and I reckon Virtual Circle cannot miss top two finish. Oh, you, but you just said it would win you before. It you, can't, now you've, you can't say you've now gone, it's you've top two. Back. Oh, well, it'll win then. <laughs> it's own, got a long tail. You, the, the last ten horses you mentioned. Own your opinion, hmm. please. Own your opinion. Just really embrace it, and I want you to just go out there today. Oh, I think. Well, what's, life, what's the track condition down there at the moment? It, it doesn't even need a it. It's it'll win. Virtual Lift. Circle. Diabolical quiz bum steer from Stuart Lift, boys. We'll see you at Rubira's. Life's uh, not meant to be only simple. Only seven in the Geelong Classic on Wednesday. That's not great. It would have been a good race to go to with a nice... Because it's... What's it? How much is it? 300,000, is it? 200,000? Mm. Because you've also got the bars, which is on Friday. 200,000. And it's a, it's thin. Staying three-year-olds are thin, aren't they, Sharky? We'll talk more about this throughout we the week, Sharky. We will see you... On Friday, Maddie, yep. you've got Cracking the Codes coming up. Yep. And I'll see you out at Mooney Valley Absolutely. bright and early tomorrow morning. Time for a break. On the other side of this, we'll have the Monday fast form. And then, keen to get Gators post mortem. How did he read the Caulfield Cup? All that's still to come.